Well, good morning. First thing I just want to start off is I had a dream last night that nobody showed up, so I just thank everybody for coming. My wife was the only one that showed up, and, and I told her that this morning. That, wow, this is bad. I mean, the time changed and everything. I just thank you so much for you guys showing up today. Well, for anybody that doesn't know me, my name is Rod McCall. My wife, Stacy, and I have been a member of New Song since uh, 2007. Uh, between us, we are a blended family. We have six kids, five girls, and one boy. Anyway, several years ago, Pastor Mitch kind of hinted to me about giving my tes testimony, and boy, I just didn't feel like I was ready. I was scared, and, and so I kind of ran on him. About two months ago, I was driving home from Boise, um, seeing our, our daughter that was in the hospital. I just heard from God and said, it is time. And my response was, Okay, when, where, and how? And his response was, I'll let you know. <laughs> and then two or three weeks ago, Pastor Josh had asked me, and he asked me to pray for it, and I already knew the answer. The only thing I didn't know is I didn't know what part of my testimony I was supposed to give because we have a wild one. I'll warn you right up ahead about that. And uh, so I prayed to God, and I told Pastor Josh I would, and I prayed to God about what, what you want me to say. And it was really... It's been really special because Sandy, if you heard her story last week, I have been figuring this out for about two weeks, and Sandy had talked about storms, and that's what God had told me about. So it was just confirmation of storms. This morning, Stacy got out of bed, and she reads her Bible every morning, and she went to 1 Peter 1, 3. And it actually, I, I could read that instead of my testimony. It just hit the word so much. And so it's just confirmation from God that this is what I'm supposed to do. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to give a quick life thing about my, when I was out for my life story. I was the youngest of six kids, kind of. I had an older brother, older than Bill, and he's pretty old, that drowned when he was two and a half years old. He was older than Bill or I, and, and uh, by quite a ways, we never knew him, but we saw scars from our parents from him, and he was pretty special to them. And then I also had an adopted sister that uh, was 11 or 12 years older than I was. And I don't really remember anything about her. When she was 18, she got to go back to live with her mom. She was blood-wise my first cousin, my mom's niece. The state had taken them away, and, and uh, she hated the state for that. And she had some issues. So when she turned 18, she went back and lived with her mom. And pretty much, uh, we never heard much out of, well, we never heard anything from her. We heard through the rest of the family a few stories. She had a pretty tough life in drugs and alcohol. And in 2009 or 2010, we found out she had passed away. And we did find out that uh, in her later years, she had accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior, and, and she was saved. So, hooray. So, really, I was one of four kids. I was the, the second to the youngest, middle child. Um, in my childhood days, I thought my family was just an average American family. We went to church every Sunday, which I thought everybody did. We prayed before meals, which I thought everybody did. I had parents that didn't cuss, didn't drink. They, they just supported us in so many ways. They, they, anything we needed, they, they gave us, and within reason. And, you know, I watched my parents go without a lot just to, to make sure we had enough. 
They cheered us on through everything that we tried or even attempted to try. They were there just to support us. Um, music, sports, the whole nine yards. I thought every kid in, a parent, in America had parents like mine. My dad was kind and listened to us. He would truly lay his life down for us. He taught us how to work hard, be respectful to others, and love, and love one another. As brothers, we, we tried that pretty hard. <laughs> I lost my dad in 1990. He was my friend, my hero, my teacher, my favorite person in the world. Dad and I were pretty close. Uh, we had a lot of common interests, so I was blessed with that. God blessed me with a great earthly dad. He did. I was also blessed with a loving mom that taught us how to work hard, love one another, do the right thing, and respect others. They were honest, as honest as a summer day is long. They never, never cheated anybody. They didn't even cheat on their taxes. They were really honest on their taxes. They treated the neighbors like they were family. My parents did it right. And yet, both of them had a pretty poor childhood. My mom's family life was, was pretty terrible. I won't go into that right now, but it was just bad. She moved out of her house when she was 16 and lived on her own. My dad's dad was a very selfish man. He was a, he, he, he was a gold miner. He traveled around and he left his family to run the farm and left his mom and my dad's sister just fend for themselves. He was just full of pride and just did whatever he wanted to do. And that wasn't my dad at all. My parents broke the chain. Over the years, I've heard several other church members hear testimonies. Some of them have been pretty rough. There's a few of them that stand up in my mind that just, wow, that was pretty tough growing up. I've always wondered, how did I get so lucky? But also in that, I've always wondered why I didn't do more. You know, why I'm not a, a Pastor Josh or a Pastor Mitch or a Joel Olstein. When my brother, Bill, he gave his testimony several years ago. It's probably more than several, but... Um, one of the things he covered was his, his use of drugs, and I've never touched an illegal drug. And uh, out in the field one day, right after Bill gave his testimony, I just asked, well, God, why? I was, I was vulnerable at times. I had days like every young man does that you just, uh, you were vulnerable. And, and uh, on those days, I was never offered them. Most days, I could say no to them. But I could, you know, being honest, I probably would have on a few days. And God told me, he said, because after Bill, I had a praying mom. She prayed every night for me. <laughs> so all you moms out there that are praying for your kids, yeah, it works. Um, as a young adult, I strayed quite a ways from what my mom and dad had tried to instill in me. I pretty much quit going to church. I partied pretty hard, became self-centered, and became pretty selfish. I always did stay pretty close to mom and dad, though. Like I said, I, I really got along well with my dad. In my mid-20s, I found myself married. A little later, I had three kids, and by my early 30s, I was divorced. I really wasn't much of a husband. My selfishness had carried right into my marriage, and that's not good. I had so much to learn about being a good husband and a good father. I will say the first time I ever experienced God's true love, though, was when my oldest daughter, Carrie, was born. I remember this as if it was yesterday. Holding her in my arms right after she was born, this feeling just came over me. I would do anything for this little girl. I would, I would die for this little girl. And your parents love you, but you just don't feel that until all of a sudden you have a daughter or a son just put in your hands. And 
it's just so amazing, and it just hit me. This is what God must love us like. This is what God loves me like. He would give everything for me. In my mid-30s, I met my wife, Stacy. We married in 1999. Between us, we had six kids, five girls, and one boy. And so our blended family journey begins. Wow, a new start, I thought. By this time, I had my selfishness and my pride pretty much under control. The, the kids will do that to you. <laughs> and becoming a family of eight sounded so easy. Why? You just got to love them and everything will fit, right? No. We had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, you know, putting that many kids together, it just there was a lot of ups and downs. Sometimes I felt defeated and thought the answer was just to quit. I'm sure Stacy had the same feelings. About two years into our marriage, we uh, kind of made a pact with each other that no matter how hard it got and how rough things got, we weren't going to be statistic. We were going we to make it. And, you know, we, making that decision, things got better. We still had ups and downs, but things did get better. In 2007, we found ourselves without a church. We tried a couple churches around town, and, and Bill, my brother, kept bugging us about coming here. So we finally came here, and it felt a good fit, and so we just have never looked back. We've been part of this church and are so thankful. By this time, we had experienced quite a few storms in our lives, mostly what a blended family or just a family goes through, life in general, and then hurricane season. On uh, February 25th, uh -oh, 2008, our hurricane season began. Jesse, our third daughter from the top, gave birth to our grandson. What a, what a joyous and wild day. It was the real, first real time I had ever felt and hurt God at the same time. Our grandson, was, was named Dylan, was born with something wrong. Uh, right after he was born, they rushed him into this room, and a team of doctors and nurses just got together and working on him, and, and they were calling in doctors, and nobody was saying a thing. Meanwhile, Stacy, she was called to go into Jesse's room because Jesse was hemorrhaging and she was bleeding really bad and they couldn't get it to stop. And I did. I was out in the hall and I just panicked. I couldn't take it. I, I ran. I'm a runner. That's why the, there's a guard at the doors. <laughs> I ran down this hall in the hospital into where there's a little opening uh, that goes into outside. And right as I hit that door... I just felt this hand come on me, and this person say, I'm with you. Things are going to be okay. I knew it was God. So I stopped and slowly went back to see how everything was going with Dylan. They were Dylan, got Dylan stabilized, but we're getting ready to fly him out to Boise. They also got Jesse's bleeding stopped under control, and so I got my crisis partner back, Stacy. We just sat there in awe. We couldn't believe this was happening to us. Well, spending most of his life in hospitals, Dylan joined up with God. April 6, 2009. Dylan is my hero. He took over my dad's spot. In his 405-day life, he fought more battles than most people will in their whole life. The ups and downs, uh, the is a horrible roller coaster ride. One day, I said, yeah, we... He's going to make it. He's got a good chance. The next day, they would tell us that he mm, didn't have much of a chance. 
I can't even imagine how a mom feels when she loses her child, but as a grandparent, we lost our grandson, which really we became fond of. Stacy would read to him, and we watched our daughter have a hole ripped in her heart big enough to drive a semi through. Dads can always fix things, but I couldn't this time. Only God could fix this. We had the world praying for Dylan. He was on the radio station K-Love. We had several doctors and staff members saying we're praying. We even had his dialysis tech who was really a character, told us he was a believer, and he said he was just praying every night for a grandson. Some of you in our church family, I know you guys were praying too here in LeGrand. My heart was so grateful. Oh, man, this meant a lot to us. Uh, we asked Pastor Mitch to do Dylan's funeral. Pastor Mitch had just become a pastor. It was his first funeral. He got to do a 405-day-old little boy. I could feel his heart break. And that was just a, a feeling of comfort that somebody else knew what we were going through. Life for the next few months was just kind of a blur. We'd go through life, and, and uh, it was just like, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Just everything was blacked out. We were trying to make sense of it all, and I was trying to, to uh, keep my daughter built up, and really we were, I was failing it all. One Sunday, though, uh, right after church got, we were here in church, and right after church got done, I heard a little girl just telling her mama what she had learned in Sunday school. And she was talking about the teacher had, I, I give the credit to Josh, I don't know who it was, but they had taken a string and tied it from one end of the room to the other. And uh, she said, Mama, there was a piece of tape or a marker about this far into the string. And she said, that's life here on earth for, for most of us. And the rest of it is life with Jesus. Only the string doesn't quit at the edge of the room. It goes forever. Well, this hit me. It finally made sense about God's love. I, because in my mind, I just couldn't believe God would do this to us. And, you know, we, he, we get to be with him forever. God just used this little girl to comfort me, to make sense of all this. I'm just so honored that, that, that he, God does that. When you, when you need something, he shows up. In the fall of 2016, we found out two of our daughters were pregnant, both with twins. They were just weeks apart. Wow, four grandkids coming. Ray, it was Raylene, our second, the oldest daughter, and Vanessa, who's here, was our youngest daughter. Sometime in that December, though, the doctors were concerned with Vanessa's pregnancy, and they sent us to Boise for further testing. It was the middle of January. It was right around Bill's birthday, which is the 17th of January. I remember that. I sat in the waiting room while Stacy, Vanessa, and her husband, John, went in to have tests run. I thought this whole thing was just a simple procedure, and we were going to get to be told that everything was going to be okay. After sitting there a while, the receptionist and its nurse started talking really low, and it just startled me. I started to panic. What is going on? Well, Vanessa was told that one of her babies had a birth defect and would not survive. They recommended that she go to Seattle to have the procedure done to end the baby's life, and it needed to be done now. They had one day to make a decision. Vanessa and her husband prayed, and they decided just to give it over to God. She was told it would not survive birth and would probably just complicate the birth of the other twin. Again, we couldn't believe this was happening to us. 
Well, Rocky and Iris were born April 30th, 2017 in Boise at only 27 weeks into her pregnancy. Stacy was already there, and I was holding down the home front here in LaGrande just taking care of everything. And she called me the minute that they knew that they couldn't get the labor stopped in Vanessa, and so I headed out. Couldn't get there fast enough. When I got to the hospital, Ruckus was in the NICU, and Iris was with her mom and dad, alive. I was, <clears throat> I was blessed to spend a little time with Iris in her 13-hour life here on Earth. It's something that I will never forget. I felt heaven, and I felt God at the same time. I can't explain it. I was talking to Randy yesterday about it, another one of our daughters. You'll hear about her more. And she said it was like you had one foot in heaven and one foot on earth. I came back, and I tried to tell people what I'd felt, and they just didn't get it. And it but I won't ever forget it. It touched me so deeply, I won't ever forget it. And I'm so thankful that I got to meet her. She just sang. She was humming the whole time she was awake in her life. Ruckus was very, very little. And I prayed and prayed that he would just be okay. At nine days old, Ruckus developed a leak in his intestine that required surgery immediately. The prognosis was terrible. Survival rates to the procedure were low to none, but they had no choice. I remember screaming at God, shaking my fist toward heaven. I was mad. God, what are you thinking? How could you let this happen? Where are you, God? A few months after our first grandson, Dylan, had passed away, my wife had a vision that God was going to use us to walk with another young mother or another young couple that was going through what our daughter, Jessie, had gone through. We were going to lock arms with this couple and hold this girl up whenever she couldn't hold herself up. We didn't know it was going to be our own daughter again. But it was. In 2018, Vanessa and her husband found out she was pregnant again. We were going to be blessed with another grandson. Everything was good, but then another hurricane. Vanessa went into labor at 24 weeks. They flew her to Boise, and they held, it off, held her off for six more weeks. Valor was born February 20th, 2019, at 30 weeks old. At two days old, he experienced a medical mistake. His feeding tube went through his stomach and directly into his liver. It poisoned his liver. At seven days old, he was, he was flown to Seattle, Washington. He lived 67 days. There was nothing they could do to fix him. It's probably when I was my lowest of a low. I just watched another daughter get her heart ripped out of her body. Many people have asked, how can you guys still believe? How do you keep going? My answer is, God never left us. It's tough, but he was there. He was with us through each storm. Like the little girl that helped me see God with a string to the miracle he did for us with ruckus. Yes, ruckus made it through his surgery twice. We got two miracles with ruckus. When Ruckus was approximately two and a half years old, he let us see God again. He was riding in his mom's car, looking out the window, and he told his mama, 
Mama, I see my brother and sister in that cloud. His mom answers and says, Ruckus, your brother and sister with Jesus. He says, I know, Mama. I know Jesus. He was with me when the blue men were standing over me when I was little. That was the doctors in the operating room. He says, he told me I'd be okay. He was really nice, Mama. When Vanessa shared that story with, with us, my heart just jumped out of my body. God uses little children to reveal himself. God loves little children. It was our family, our church family, you guys, and God is what has kept us going. The heart of Pastor Mitch and Sarah, the heart of Pastor Josh and Stacy, always asking us how we're doing when we walk in the door or whenever they see us. We feel their hearts. I know their hearts are breaking for ours. Tony Riamondo, coming out to the house and praying, giving up her time. At one point, she even came out and prayed for a cow that was sick. <laughs> the Greg and Brenda Winkler, Matt and Kylie Goodwin, just always praying for us. Our new friends, the Bests and the Matsons, they, they keep us lifted up. Thank you, God, so much for them. Val Goodwin, she was our prayer warrior. And Larry Robbins, if any of you remember him, they were so awesome to us. And even there used to be a guy that sat behind where Stacy's sitting called Vic Abbott. He would always ask us how we're doing. My brother and his wife, Carla, walking alongside us, as so many of you guys have done too, and praying for us, everybody. In 2009, we started a, a home group. Robbie Smith, you know, all know him. His dad, Ron Smith and Merle, were in our home group. There was this new couple come to our church, and Ron kept bugging him about coming to home group. Ron was rentless. And they finally came just to shut him up. They were a mess. Uh, they, were, they were in the middle of several storms happening all at once. I didn't forget permission to share it, so I won't, but they were, they were really hurting. Stacy and I thought, God is going to use us to hold them up when they couldn't go anymore. We might have helped them out a little, but it was them who gave their lives up for us. Truly, Chad and Denise Jolly, if any of you guys remember them, gave it all. We, they prayed with us. They cried with us. They laughed with us. They walked arms, locked hand in, arm in arm through each storm with us. God and Denise, together with us, fought every battle that came our way. We were really closer than brothers and sisters. We'd meet usually once a week just to keep each other built up. They were just amazing people. And thank God for Ron Smith, who just kept bugging them the, so, that, so that we'd get introduced to him. God put people in our lives to help us with the storms that we have faced. He has brought us people to walk with us in every storm. We have been blessed by our kids, too. We have great kids. We have great kids. Every time one of them was hurting, they would walk with each other and hold each other up. And as a parent, you just, you got to admire that. My son, anytime we needed anything, I'm a farmer, and there's cows to feed, he would just jump in and do it without complaining. Anything that we needed, they just all got together and, and did it. On, in April of 2013, my wife Stacy went on a business trip to Orlando, Florida. She works for the hospital. 
while on the plane on the way there, her pacemaker quit. She has a pacemaker, but that's another story. Uh, when she got off the plane, she, she knew it quit, it, and she could feel it. Her heart dropped down to about 30 beats a second, but she went out to the hospital, or she went to the, to the uh, motel and, and called her doctor. Her doctor told her that she needed to get to a hospital now. Told her not to get back on that plane and come home, that she needed to go now. So she went, she got on an ambulance and went to the hospital. When she got there, it was funny, they, they told her, pacemakers don't quit. And then when they hooked her up, they were in awe. Her pacemaker had quit. <laughs> she actually, they did a recall on that pacemaker because of her. When she, when I heard she was going in to, to get operated on, to put a new pacemaker in, I just, I knew she was hurting. I had to get there. So I started packing up my things, and I realized I didn't have any clean pants. <laughs> so in my mind, I thought I would hand wash a pair of pants really clean, quick, put them in the dryer, and I could be on my way in a half an hour. My son, who I'm over 200 pounds, and my son is probably 160 pounds, and he says, Dad, you can wear mine. I got an almost brand new pair. You can just wear them. I laughed. They're not going to fit. Well, I tried them on, and they fit. He donated his pants. He jumped in the car, drew, drove me to Boise, dropped me off at the airport where I met another daughter, Raylene, the one that had the twins earlier. And she had, her and Randa had got us tickets to go to Orlando. She had bought me a couple hunting magazines so that I wouldn't panic. I don't like planes, and I don't like big cities. And this plane didn't have very many people on it. So I sat in a seat by myself reading the magazines while she sat three seats back drinking a glass of wine. I think I'm a little bit high maintenance. In this trip, I don't have time to go into more, but God did such a miracle with us on our way home. It, what, what Satan threw out there is impossible. God made it come through. And so we got to see another miracle, even through this storm. On November 13th, 2020... It was a Thursday, not Friday the 13th. I had a heart attack. Came out of nowhere. I was out feeding cows and just didn't feel right. And thank God for Randa, who kept telling us, telling my wife, get him to the hospital. Well, if you recognize the date, COVID was just coming on. I thought, I got COVID, crap. I was a little bit sick was my only symptom. And I had this kind of a lump in my stomach that just wouldn't go away. And I thought, I can, I, I can take this on, but okay, just to satisfy everybody, I'll go to the hospital. They hooked me up, and sure enough, I was having a heart attack. They wanted to fly me out to Walla Walla in a plane or a helicopter, but both of them were at least an hour out. So the ambulance crew just said, throw him in the back, and we'll take him. So they did. We went for a ride. They turned the lights on, turned the sirens on, and... I got a ride to Walla Walla. On the way there, I tried to go into cardiac arrest twice. They kept yelling at me to stay there, stay there. Lying in the ambulance, it's funny how things hit your mind, but there was only two things that I could think of. I haven't done enough for the kingdom of God, and what a mess have I left my wife. I wanted to tell her I was sorry so bad, but I didn't get a chance to. My wife is amazing. 
She has walked right beside me in every storm the world has thrown at me, holding me up when I couldn't stand any longer. I am so in awe. I am so in awe. Well, I guess you guys know by now, I lived. <laughs> As a family, we've had so many storms and have been blessed by so many brothers and sisters of this church. During this time, we have had four of our daughters get divorced, one of them being physically abused badly, one being stalked by her ex-husband and was even, even put on Facebook that he was going to slit her throat and throw her over the Umatilla Bridge. That's when you start praying. In 2021, Stacy lost her mom, kind of unexpectedly. And in that year, we had a total crop failure. But God was with us every time. He was with us. He made ways. He made doors open up. In January of 2022, Randa, second to the youngest daughter, caught COVID-19 virus. At the hospital, she was in the hospital for... 14 days in Boise, seven days on a ventilator. You don't know how many people told us when she went on that ventilator, that's a death sentence. It's not for Randa. God came through again. At the re hospital, he referred her to as the 31-year-old that lived. Several staff personnel expressed to her the hope that she had given to them. Randa has fought rheumatoid arthritis since she was 16, maybe even before. She has fought so many giants and won. In October of 2022, her body was attacked again. She has spent months in the hospital, both in Boise and Salt Lake. They say she has what's called systemic capillary leak syndrome. If I had to write that down, I wouldn't have remembered it. So rare that only about 300 people worldwide have ever been, worldwide have ever been diagnosed with it. Is it curable? They say no. But God can do anything. And yes, God is still standing with us. Holiness up as some of you are too. It means so much to just hear from you guys. We are praying for you. It's what keeps us going. God uses storms to reveal his greatness. And we have seen his greatness. We have seen so many good things from God that we wouldn't have seen if we didn't have these storms. I think of Vanessa, Jesse, and Randa as giant killers. They have fought so many giants, been knocked down so many times, but have always gotten right back up, never doubting the glory of our God. Jesse, sitting behind Stacy over there, has two great kids now. She was so afraid to get pregnant again, and now she has two great kids. A loving husband and is living every day for God. Vanessa serves at a church. She and Ruckus are so full of life. Pastor Josh will verify that. He met Ruckus this morning. <laughs> she is on her way of being a chaplain, giving up her life to serve others. Randa is still in the hurricane, fighting for her life, but giving God all the glory. She is a shining light to everybody that she touches. She feels so honored by the people praying for her that you would take time to think of her. It's a, that's what keeps her going, and it's that's what keeps us going. I want to make a call out, and this is our whole purpose, to anybody that is going through a storm, no matter if it's a hay rain or a hurricane, let us walk with you. Let us pray with you. We tried to take these storms on ourselves. It doesn't work. God has, 
God put the jollies with us to help hold us up. God will put another person with you. You got to tell somebody, though. We would, we would hide it. People wouldn't even know we were going through storms. So today, anybody going through a storm, I just want them to come forward and let us pray for you. My wife gave another vision here the other day. Remember the Red Rover, Red Rover game? You'd hold hands and, and the enemy would come at you and try to break you down. Well, she had this vision that we were locking arms, holding each other up. So when the enemy would hit us, we all took the blunt. It makes things a lot easier. It's how God, God wants to use us. He wants to use us to hold each other up. Just not just, and what it takes when you hold each other up is like the jollies taught, taught us. It takes time. It takes crying. It takes laughing. It just takes being there with somebody. We just want anybody that's going through a storm to come up and let us pray for you. And we want anybody that's willing to walk with anybody going through those stills, to lock arms with somebody, to come up and say, we're here for you. It's what God intended us to do, wants us to do, is lift each other up and help each other out. Please, anybody willing, come forward. Lord, we're just so thankful for you. So thankful that you show up and you cover us. And uh, I just pray over everybody here that even if they don't come up, Lord, that just has that stirring in their spirit that, yes, I'm in a storm as well. And uh, where are you, God? And I just pray, Lord, that they would open their hearts and know that even when we don't see you, you're there, you're embracing us, you're walking with us, you're crying with us. And uh, I just want to thank you for Rod's testimony today. Thank you, Lord, that you have been through every storm, every step, Lord. You place people in our path to love on us, to be you to our hearts. I just give you all the glory for all of it, Lord. And uh, I just pray over everyone that comes forward this morning, Lord. I just pray over their storm, Lord, that your greatness would shine through the darkness, Lord. We love you and we praise you. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. <laughs>